Saigon Oi! You are now listening to the Creators in Saigon podcast. I'm Dana Drejos, an American expat who's been living in Saigon, Vietnam since July 2018. Like most visitors here, I fell in love with the energy of this city. This energy is generated by the inspiring people here who decided to improve themselves and to be afraid and do it anyway in order to share their gift, passion, or message with our community. These are the people I bring to you in this podcast. So if you're not driving a motorbike right now, get out a pen and paper, get ready to take some notes. And if you are driving, turn the sound up so you can hear over the famous Saigon traffic. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. Here we go. Have you ever been offered what would typically be considered by society as an amazing opportunity, an offer that you should be happy about, but instead everything inside you is screaming no? There's a movement happening where people are waking up to the fact that working your life away and leaving no time for any creative passions or hobbies is not how we're meant to live. More and more people are becoming their own boss, working online, creating their own financial freedom, and connecting back to their creative souls. Walk into any co-working space in Saigon and you'll find tons of people doing just that. But it's hard to break out of the pattern. It's hard to know what you truly want. If you're feeling stuck in life and not knowing how to find your passion, this first ever episode of Creators in Saigon will be the first step on your journey. Our first guest, Bethany Taylor, is from the UK and has been living in Saigon for three years with her Vietnamese boyfriend, B. She started out teaching at an international school, but now she runs her own business and works with a team of the most incredible health-conscious entrepreneurs who are passionate about health, wellness, sustainability, and financial freedom. They work closely together to spread the message to others, mostly through online marketing who are interested in joining and stepping away from the traditional nine to five. Bethany is an inspiration to many on her Instagram page, at karma and kindness, where she shares openly about her spiritual journey that has led her to finding her passion, finding the love of her life, and finding her tribe. Bethany's journey is so relatable. She offers some great advice about changing your mindset, and even lets us in on her morning routine and the books she's read that put her on her path. She also shares how she's created her financial freedom and debunks some myths about network marketing. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend who you think could also benefit from hearing it and let us know your thoughts on the Instagram page, at Creators in Saigon. Without further ado... Here's the interview. So now I'm currently teaching. So I've been teaching since I got here. Mm -hmm. I stopped teaching at an English center and went for an international school job. Because to be honest, like the nighttime shifts were like, they just didn't suit me. I wanted to cook. I wanted to spend some time like doing that kind of thing. And my evenings, I like to have my evenings. Mm -hmm. So I got, I worked there at an international school teaching kindergarten, but on the side, I am a network marketer. So I do uh, network marketing for a company called Energic. Mm -hmm. They sell a water machine called Kangen Water. It's an alkaline water machine. And basically it 
preaches around like sustainability, health, like leading an alkaline diet. Mm -hmm. So I align with all those things and I was kind of looking for a product. I knew I wanted to go into network marketing because I wanted that freedom. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just didn't really align with any products. And then I finally found that one. And it's like they, it's all really healthy, but also they practice like sustainability where you don't need to buy plastic anymore and I feel like it's a really really good product so Mm -hmm. I finally found like kind of the route I want to take in order to be financially free and free to kind of preach my message which is spirituality Mm -hmm. and you know like self-development abundance things like that yeah. yeah amazing and for those who don't know what is network marketing so network marketing is kind of like I call it in my head like the kind of new way of work like mm-hmm. so you'll have companies that for example let's see like apple mm-hmm. uh, they'll market their products on tv online like advertisements Whereas Kangen and Energic, they don't do any marketing at all, except from their website. Mm-hmm. They just um, trust the people who have already used the product, so the customers to do the marketing for them. Mm-hmm. And so if I buy a product, I automatically get a distributor ID, and then I am able to sell that product and earn commission. So instead of paying marketing agencies, they pay their customers. So for me, like a lot of people see it as like, oh, you know, pyramid scheme, scam, which is literally what I did as well. But um, I knew that kind of I wasn't a scammer. So Mm -hmm. I was like, well, if I want to do it, like I'm not going to scam people. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to give it a try. Um, But the message I wanted to give with this company Mm -hmm. wasn't to, you know, take people's money and stuff. Like I feel like instead of putting that money into marketing, they want to reward their customers for talking from the heart that's why I kind of follow it and also it gives you the freedom not to have to work nine to five for another company and I feel like Mm -hmm. at the moment it's um people kind of bad talk it Mm -hmm. but it's just because it's new Mm -hmm. and new things scare people you know yes absolutely and so in this role what does the day-to-day look like for you so Of course, I'm teaching at the moment, but I've been off for the last two weeks, which is really nice because I've got a taste of kind of like what it could be and will be like in the future. So I like I wake up in the morning and this is the difference. So when I'm teaching, I wake up in the morning, I go to work and I'm like, oh, you know, meh. And then this past two weeks, I'm like, right, 7.30, I wake up, I do my morning ritual, Mm -hmm. and then I get on my laptop, and then by the time I know it, it's lunchtime, and then it's 4pm, and I've done work all day, but it's not really work. Mm -hmm. So, for me, like, a lot of people would think, oh, well, network marketing, like, you don't really have to work. You do, but you can choose. So, I could spend, like, eight hours in the day today working, but then tomorrow, I could have got all that work done, and I could take the day off. You know, it's like instead of, okay, you've got to work nine till four, nine till five. Mm -hmm. And in this office. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These are your hours. This is the hour you get off for lunch. Mm -hmm. Instead of that, like it is down to you. And that's why network marketing is good. Like you get in what you get out, what you put in. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do two hours a day, maybe you're not going to rank up in the business as fast. Mm -hmm. If you want to put eight hours a day in, you're going to get the like the feedback. You're going to get the the 
um, reward. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of skills did you already have coming into this? Like for people who feel like, oh, I, I've never done marketing. I've never Mm -hmm. done like anything like that. Yeah. So I don't have any marketing skills. I didn't at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do, I have been working on my Instagram for a while. And what I did find about myself was, well, one person said it that I was like, when I was joining, I saw a post and it was like, you spend hours on social media each day and I know I do like I spend hours on Instagram because I love it mm-hmm. um why are you not making an income like why why are you not making an income from it is there a reason if you're spending like five hours plus a day on Instagram which my phone tells me every day that I am <laughs> you know I set that timer like yes. you know the time out yes. thing and then it's like, like you've get, exceeded get your off. limit and I'm yeah. like I don't think I've ever put my phone down when it tells me that warning. And it's like, yeah, like, why why not? You know, my following's growing really quickly because I'm making a conscious effort Mm -hmm. and it's working. So I'm like, well, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. that's that's what I'm going to run with. Right. So, yeah. Um, So I'm good at technology. I am quite good. But what is good about this company itself is that they have a training platform alongside it. Mm -hmm. So... They kind of give you the attitude of you don't have to be tech savvy because that's a lot of people's, I don't want to say excuse, but Mm -hmm. it can be an excuse Mm -hmm. because it's like it goes alongside fear. You know, like that's scary. I don't want to do it. I'm not good at technology, so I won't do it. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of being like, I can't, I was like, okay, I don't know about marketing. They offer like ad training. They offer training about marketing. So you're able to kind of go alongside their training. Mm -hmm. There's a community support of like a thousand plus people Mm -hmm. who you type in a question on the group and you're answered. So it's just changing your mindset. You know, like Mm -hmm. instead of I can't, I don't have any experience. I mean, you didn't have any experience about the world when you came into this world. Yeah. But you got it, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't know how to hold a knife and fork, but then you learned. (laughs) Yeah. It's as simple as that. Or chopsticks. Yeah. Or or chopsticks. Yeah. (laughs) You should have seen me. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm like, woohoo. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like anything in the world, you know, as long as you have the mindset that I will learn how to do this Mm -hmm. and I'll fail and then I'll continue, you'll you'll get it. Yeah. Of course you'll get it. Absolutely. And I think our... Our education system that we grew up with, mm-hmm. it's so it has trained us to just like regurgitate information sure. and to not kind of seek out our own answers. Yeah. And so when people are faced with that, it's like, oh my God, I don't know how to do this. Well, there's Google. You yeah. can just hop on. And yeah. we were just saying, anytime we don't know how to do something, we just search on YouTube or yeah. ask in your Facebook group. And there's group. millions of yeah. videos. The answers are out there. So jumping back then to the beginning of your story, mm-hmm. we posted this beautiful graphically designed like gorgeous um instagram story kind of series about where she started the journey in the middle and all the way up until now and i just loved it so much it was so like it was such a joy to kind of click through so in the beginning you posted about how you are from a small town Mm -hmm. in the uk like you mentioned so what was it like growing up there so yeah like it's pretty much like Everybody knows each other, you know, like, your friends are your friends, and then, like, I remember I would go to the shop with my grandma, and, like, she would bump into, like, 20 people, and that was the people in mm-hmm. that part of the town, and, um, yeah, it was nice, because it's it's a small community, but for me, I always felt very 
trapped like so when I was young I had a great upbringing like I had everything I wanted you know if I needed something I had it my parents weren't like they weren't well off but they had enough you know I played in nature with my friends you know like we were lucky that we were brought up in a time where AOL was still like dial-up connecting yes. yeah like and we had to wait like 20 minutes for the computer to like warm up so I feel like we're very lucky in that aspect because yes. you can appreciate the internet for what it is but you can also appreciate the need to step away from it at times mm-hmm. which I'm definitely starting to appreciate both sides of that now um so yeah, my upbringing was great, and then I went to university in Manchester, which is a big city. Um, but still, like I never really school. I did okay, like okay, mm-hmm. but I never really understood. I never felt the drive to do well. Like I never, I was kind of like always, why, why do I have to do an exam? You know, like why do I have to? I just never felt, even with friends, like I never really felt like I connected on levels with people like everyone seemed to have it so easy mm-hmm. and I was like the one that was just confused at like everything around. right, right. Like, what's going on like, what is this? <laughs> and I didn't know that I was confused at the time because I was a kid right even when I'm 18 years old like I know I, I was depressed because I just didn't know what was going on I felt like I just didn't fit in anywhere mm. so like I had a great upbringing but there was a lot of kind of confusion mm-hmm. with me yeah yeah and did you uh, did you have any sort of idea in mind of what you would rather do, or it was just like no idea? I'm At so the time, confused. like no, like I, I don't know, like I, I played it like we were saying before, like I kind of followed other people's passions for a while. Yeah. So, I when I left university, it was like all the way through school, my dad was like, you know, you need to go, you need to study some good um, topics, you know, like do, do history, do geography, and I was like, what? like I want to do graphics I want to do like media and I didn't really want to do those but they were the only ones that kind of like creative yeah things yeah um and then when I went to college it was like my dad was like well you have to do English combined to like kind of and you have to do law because I wanted to be a criminal psychologist because mm-hmm. people interest me mm-hmm. so that was again like it's part of my personality but it didn't really yeah I failed so no um but through that it was like okay do half academic and then do media and sociology Mm -hmm. so it was like parts of me were kind of like trying to come through but then the other parts of me like like I said like I did law and I got an F continuously until I resat my first exam and I got an A in that because I'd resat it that many times I knew it (laughs) off my heart and then that got me to like I think an F and I would have got a U. I got, like, a U in all the other exams. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, like, I didn't do very well in that. So then my dad was finally like, okay, you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> so then I went to university and I did film and media, which, yeah, it's on the same kind of thing because I love social media and mm-hmm. I love, um, you know, photography. Like, I did really well there. But, again, like, I left university and I, I was like, right, graduate jobs. And I mean, these jobs are expecting you to prepare a presentation and go into a room of 20 people with no experience in speaking in front of people, no experience in like planning and presenting. And yeah, it was a nightmare. I, I didn't get those jobs, obviously. So then I started to work in retail and decided I wanted to be a visual merchandiser. Now, again, like I kind of have now, once I've done some soul searching, I've realized that a lot of those passions that I picked up and left 
they do lead to the same kind of thing. So I wanted to be a film producer, which is like organizing. You mm -hmm. know, you go there, you do this. Like it's the organization of something. And then when I wanted to be a visual merchandiser, it's organizing of clothes. It's like making something look pretty. Right. And then when I got onto my Instagram, I'm obsessed with organizing my Instagram to yeah. look pretty. So and it looks gorgeous. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it all follows like my kind of skill. Mm -hmm. Once I trace back, mm -hmm. it's been there the whole time. I just never yes. knew like what direction to go with it. So yeah. that's why like we said before, you know, you fail or it doesn't work out, but it's always, always a step closer to finding mm -hmm. like what mm -hmm. it really is. You know? yeah. yeah. And finding that common thread, uh -huh. like you said. Yeah. And yeah, again, like our, our education system is it forces you mm. into some kind of box like it it forces you to find who you are based on what they've already outlined yeah, as like, like you acceptable. have to choose maths english yeah you have to do like two creative mm -hmm. and then you have to do sport and yeah it's like you have to well what if i wanted to go to school and just do media right and there would be so many more people coming out of there mm -hmm. with real like passion and drive than, yeah well i wanted to do media from the start and i've come out with history qualification and it's just yeah it's crazy i hope it's going to change in the future i feel like it will yeah it was the same way i i had no clue what to do and i just chose a communications major because yeah. it was just like the most basic general like easy kind of thing yeah. and i mean and we're 18 years old yeah how do they expect you don't us know okay anything. this is the degree i'm gonna do for three years yeah and then i'm gonna get a job like how do you know and it wasn't until i came all the way out here to asia and saw people doing all these different things that i had never even heard of yeah. like network marketing yeah sure i didn't know what that was i didn't well, know what... i remember we had like an avon lady I don't know if you had the same in America. It's yes. like a makeup lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the first time I heard of, like, network marketing. But at that point, it was door-to-door -door because there was no internet kind mm -hmm. of marketing. Yeah. And it's the same kind of thing as when people were coming, like, oh, who does your electricity, you know? Right. But now it's, like, on the internet and there's so much more leverage. Mm -hmm. And that's why people think it's a scam because... At the time, you had to just go to whoever would answer the door. But now it's like you can tailor it to people that actually care. Right, so, right. Yeah. And and show who you are and your personality, sure. which is what you're doing, so that you attract the people that you want to be your yeah. customers. Yeah, and it's not like desperate marketing. Yeah. You're just like taking anyone take and everyone. Me, take me. And yeah, like we were talking about the finding the common thread, and that was part of all the research I did for the passion mm -hmm. meetup about career path and part of it was writing out every job you've ever had and sort of looking at this map this like timeline of your career and finding like what are those mm -hmm. common points what did I like and what did I not like about yeah. each thing and um, once once you take a step back and look at the bigger picture then it then it all kind of makes sense like oh yes I do like this kind of thing and mm -hmm. I, I know I don't like this kind of thing yeah. so then you went on a backpacking trip yeah yeah so I decided I wanted to travel I did the TEFL um, to kind of like set myself up for if I wanted to stay um, traveled Southeast Asia for four months and then my friend was living in Vietnam so he'd been here for like two years and he said oh well it's really easy to make money here so that was the plan to kind of stay here for six months or whatever teach make more money continue to travel so I was with my friend um we got here I had like no money left I remember being like I've got like a hundred dollars in my account what am I gonna I need mm -hmm. to find you know something 
So I found a job quite easily, um, and then I was quite depressed for the first few months. Like, mm-hmm. it was a big change, and my friend went home because she had a boyfriend back home, so it was like, oh my god, like, I'm on my own, you know? Um, yeah, I didn't like it, and then I stuck it out, because... I didn't like it, but then I didn't like the thought of going home. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if I go home, I'm, like, terrified. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't want to go back into the, like, rat race of, you know. So then, yeah, like, traveling also gave me so much, like you said, you find so many people that are so like-minded and so, like, on your level. And then you're like, wow, like, there's so much more mm-hmm. to just, like, where I grew up. I mean, some people are happy to just go along, like, with what, they've always known and that's fine too but for me like I always needed to get out there and like my family had bets on like three months you know she's yeah. gonna be back and I'm like two years see ya never coming home <laughs> it's like what really and I'm like no I'm never coming home yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's crazy <laughs> so was it something common among your friend group to do something like this to go travel or um not at the time no I think I am the only one that has for a long period of time mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have done like a month or so I'm the only oh. one that's kind of took off and stayed Mm -hmm. except for my friend Ryan who's also here at the time it was kind of like oh cool but now I get messages of people like I'm so proud of you I'm so inspired of you Mm -hmm. and I'm like wow really you know and these are the same people that I never felt connected with and that I had to prove something to when they were my friends and then now I'm an inspiration to them and isn't that so great when you are finally just being yourself and it's so empowering yeah coming into your own Mm -hmm. it's like people can feel that energy sure yeah. just through instagram and you then you even... become someone's inspiration and they're mm-hmm. like wow she found her passion and i'm like whoa like that used to be me like wishing that i was that kind of person you know right then you met your boyfriend here yeah. and he's vietnamese i mean the cultures are so different yeah. and you must clash sometimes uh-huh. so sure. tell me about that yeah so we met at my old job um it was really weird because like I was kind of with the attitude that, like, no, I'm not not my type, you know? Like, I'm not really into... Like, I'm into Latinos was my thing at the time. Mm. I was into South Americans. Uh, <laughs> and um, it was really weird because also, I think, for a long time of my life, I've always wanted something in a partner, and I've been holding on to, like, what I wanted, and I wasn't letting... And this is another thing, like, recently, like, you, I've been setting intentions for myself, but I've been letting go of the idea of how it could come to me. So I wanted financial freedom and I didn't know how and I let go of the intention of how I was going to find it and then I found network marketing Mm. and that was never what I kind of envisioned I was going to do. And I kind of let, I wanted a partner that was committed to me and like I'm quite a relationship person, like I like to have that partnership Um, and I wanted that, I wanted that fair relationship and I never got it and I victimized myself and I made myself feel like I wasn't worth enough. And then when I let go of that and let go of like who or the outcome or because I had this whole like, I'm going to go live in South America. I'm going to find my Latino man. And then I bumped into my Asian man, you know, like, and it was just letting go of that. And he's wonderful. Like, honestly, he's, I remember saying to my friend, like, I've never met someone and been with someone that I respect on such a high level. Like, even if he wasn't my partner, I would be like, this guy is the nicest human being. You know, and I've never been able to say that about someone before. Mm -hmm. Like, I have the utmost respect. Like, I cannot say a bad word Mm -hmm. about this human. Yeah, like, it's beautiful. But, like, obviously, we clash. Like, Mm -hmm. when we first started was the worst because we've kind of, like, balanced out now. I've learned from him and he's learned a lot from me. Like, his English was great the whole time through. 
but now it's a lot better in terms of he uses my slang and you know like he picks up things now yeah. which is quite funny. does he get like jokes yeah like and the thing is i think the way we work is that he's super sarcastic anyway which mm-hmm. is quite hard like i find it quite hard with the asian culture sometimes mm. for that sarcasm because yeah. english people especially like were very sarcastic and he's more sarcastic than me he's got a great sense of humor um and he's very open to our culture like there are times sometimes where like PDA, for example, mm-hmm. I'll like, be like, give me a kiss. And he's like, no. Like, <laughs> and he'll like kiss his lips and then like touch mine. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, And it's just kind of, and I was very PDA before that because I always needed, um, I guess, reassurance. So I needed someone to, to show me love because then I needed to feel loved. And mm-hmm. now like kind of because I've shown that affection for myself, I don't need it as much either anymore. But in the beginning, it was like, oh my God, like he's not putting his arm around me in public. You know? mm-hmm. He doesn't love me. And, and um, because he doesn't do that because of his culture, I became like less attached to that. And mm-hmm. it's helped me a lot because I don't need that now. You know, like I right. don't need it when we're out in public. I don't need that, gr- like, in that reassurance that he's there with me. You know? mm-hmm. like, I'm fine on my own. Yes. Yeah. So it's nice because we're not, I don't need him he's a great addition to my life yeah you know, like it's not like oh my god without you I would be where in the past with exes I was like I need you to be happy mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and that's the worst thing you can do for yourself in a yes. relationship to like need that person because you you don't you don't need anyone it's like you should be in a relationship because they bring something to your life not because they are your life you know? right so yeah we were great yeah mm-hmm. it's really good um it's such an important point about not needing someone and being okay just by yourself because you know you mentioned before how he's just such you respect him on Mm -hmm. such a high level and he's he's a great amazing person but also I don't think you would have been able to acknowledge that unless you respected yourself first like if you if you were down on yourself hated yourself Mm -hmm. didn't respect yourself you wouldn't even notice that kind of person or you would be repelled by that kind of person yeah sure because he would have been intimidating to me at the time right right because oh my god he's got his shit together yes exactly so So, you were like ready to Mm. accept that kind of presence in your life because you did your work yeah and again like and people think like oh I've been in this bad relationship and I'm never gonna love again it's like it's those bad relationships I had that brought me to appreciate the mm-hmm. good relationship mm-hmm. like and there's still times where I'm like oh my god this is too good so like oh no like I need a little bit more and then it's like no just you know let it be because this is good mm-hmm. and then it's like your ego wants to ruin it because it's like oh well, you've always had this bad stuff like now like you need to do something to like mix this up a bit and it's like no like Mm -hmm. leave it you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's really good it's nice to finally kind of find that connection like it's like a best friend you know you respect each other like you wouldn't hurt your best friend Mm -hmm. on purpose so Mm -hmm. why do it in a relationship yeah it shouldn't be really hard and you shouldn't be there shouldn't be any games you shouldn't be questioning does he like me does he not like me oh why did why did he say this or what should I say? Yeah. It just should like flow and be uh-huh. calm and natural. Yeah. Are there any specific examples of, okay, so you talked about the PDA, uh-huh. any other kind of cultural difference? Yeah, examples? so I always tell this story because mm-hmm. it really tickles me. So mm-hmm. we had a, I think I've told you before in the email I sent you, but um, we had this moment, it was about a year ago now, and there's two things, two main things that he actually brought up last night again. Uh, one of them is thank you. 
So in our culture, we're polite as hell. Like, thank you for especially, moving that chair for Especially me. English culture, oh, specifically. Oh, yeah, like, thank you for the door. Like, thank you for washing up. You know, everything is thank you, which is mm-hmm. great because I'm a big believer in gratitude, so mm-hmm. I like to show that anyway. But mm-hmm. he said to me last night, like, he said, thank you for washing up and thank you for cooking dinner. And I was like, you're welcome. You know, like, and that for me, like, it gives a little, like, love feeling. Uh-huh. And, he, and then he turned around and was like, why? Like, why? Why do I have to say that? And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you just ruined it, you know? Like, you can't, like, question why you just said thank you. And he's like, yeah, but in Vietnamese, if you said thank you for washing up, I'd be like, what? Like, go away. Like, what the hell are you saying thank you for? I do notice. For, you know? Like, I, I never see them kind they of don't. exchange the And the thing, thing is, you. for them, it's like, they say thank you if it's necessary. So say somebody gets your bike out for you. You know, like, they've gone out of their way to do something for you. Mm-hmm. That's when thank you is used. But, like, anything else, you know, where it's just kind of a necessity because they are nice anyway. Vietnamese culture is very caring. Yeah. So they will help you and mm-hmm. they don't expect anything back. It's kind of like that Buddhist approach, isn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, well, I'm going to wash up and I don't really expect you to say thank you because it's just a given. So I said, like, I understand your point. Yeah. And, like, there's my point, too, where it's just our culture. So Yeah. For you to say thank you, it doesn't really take anything away from you, but it means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, which is hilarious, was we say uh, in English culture especially, like, how was your day? You yes. know, like, that's a way to kind of just check up on each other, like, how are you, how was your day? Now, in Vietnamese, there isn't really a translation, mm. even that. And even when they say, how are you, it's for somebody they um, haven't seen in a long time. So say me and you didn't, you went home and then came back, I'd be like... <gasps> how are you? Instead right. of like, I'll see you Every tomorrow day, and ask yeah. you how you are. Yeah. So he would get home and I'd be like, hey, how was your day? And then he'd be like, yeah, good. And I'd be like, <laughs> he's mad at me or something. Where's my response? Yeah, yeah. So then instead of what I would have done would be like, you hate me, like you don't care about yeah, me. I'm yeah. the victim, love me. <laughs> uh, I was like, babe, do, do you say like, how was your day in Vietnamese? And he was like, no, we say, have you eaten? I was like, well, um and he said well basically like if you've eaten it means you're good you know because like from the culture in the past where it was like food was scarce and stuff it was kind of like okay are you good enough to eat like have you eaten have you had some food today you know that's kind of their way to say and he would always ask me like have you had lunch yet and I'd be like yo yeah (laughs) doesn't really matter like yes I've eaten yeah and like I've had that a few times like have you eaten? Like, have you had lunch yet? And then I said, okay, well, uh, we say, how's your day? And, like, it's quite important for you to check up on that. Mm -hmm. And then he took it on, you know? Like, we're very open to, you know, like, if he doesn't say thank you now, I just take it as, yeah, he's not said it because he's an asshole. He's just just not said it because he doesn't know to say it. Right. You know, and, like, we we both make that conscious effort, and that's why it works, because we take on each other's feedback, and we make it work, whereas some relationships do fail in cultures, because one or the other is not willing to kind of, like, amend their kind yeah, of attitude. meet but in the middle. It is quite that's funny, some of the things. It would never be such a big thing, but yeah. it is. What about I love you, saying I love you, do they have... So they're not as... They don't throw it around as easily, mm-hmm. which, again, at the beginning, it was kind of like, oh, my God, like, doesn't say it, but... You know that when they do say it, it's real. You know, like, Mm. I feel like in English culture, we use words a lot more kind of, like, easily. Like, I love you, you know, love you, love you, love you. Yeah. And then it becomes less special, whereas when he says it, I know that it's like, or when he does show affection, 
it's like real you mm-hmm. know like he's really like felt it so mm-hmm. he does like if I say love you he'll say it back and we don't really say it in Vietnamese much it's mostly English because even the translation I was like how do I say like I love you so much and he's like yeah you just say you love me like whereas I'm like how oh, expressing yourself in Vietnamese is a lot more simple than where we're like I would go to the ends of the earth yeah you know (laughs) we've got so many words but yeah like so we do say it yeah Mm -hmm. and he's adapted that I think yeah it's quite normal yeah I think it's each to their own as well I think like Mm -hmm. some English or like western cultures they're quite reserved with how outgoing they are whereas I'm quite like I show my love and like I throw it out there to everyone and everything like Mm -hmm, yeah but mm -hmm. I think it's just the personality on that aspect it's true even the whole physical affection thing like Mm. I don't know if you've read about like the five love languages and like physical affection is one of them Mm -hmm. and then there's quality time or acts of service Mm -hmm. like so maybe it is a culture thing but maybe also a little bit just how you personally show and receive love so back to your career path you had this moment where you were teaching and then you kind of stopped and realized this is not what I'm passionate about Mm -hmm. what were the signs that told you that so I started with the international school and kind of my approach to it all was that I was going to get a job at a really good international school. Um, I was going to start at this smaller one, and then I was going to go up to the big ones, and then I was going to get free childcare for my kids. And Because he's Vietnamese, it's harder to kind of, like, go overseas. So I had all this, like, dream set up. So, okay, I'll do a PGCE. I got accepted. This was, like, three months ago. I got accepted, and as soon as I got accepted, I felt like I was going to be sick. Like, mm. instead of being like, yes, you know, yes, which you should be, um, I was like, oh. And then I remember, because I teach kindergarten, we woke up after nap time, and I was helping them tidy up, and I was like, I do this every fucking day. Like, <laughs> every day I wake up, like, it's like my life just gets played, repeat, 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 with the odd different thing in the week in the week you know and I was like if I do my PGC of course I'm gonna get more money I'm gonna get a better job what is a PGC uh like a master's in teaching so like I've done my degree you're able to kind of just you become a qualified teacher gotcha so the TEFL obviously it's just English but the I can be like an overseas teacher Mm. so I could have got a job at like the bigger schools um but again I was just like right okay so I'll have more money but I'm still gonna be working nine to five and I'm probably gonna have more work and then if I have kids and then I'm teaching kids, I'm going to want to strangle my kids. You yeah. Know? Like, and I just, I remember, like, I remember the exact moment of feeling. I just stood and I was just like blank. And I remember my TA being like, you okay? And I was just like, holy shit. Like, I can't do this. Like, oh my God, no, this isn't, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. So then I remember I messaged my dad and I was like, dad, I don't think I want to do the PGC. My dad's always been my biggest fan. Plus my biggest roadblock, let's say, like because he's quite academic. He's followed the you know nine to five route. He's done really well, really well. But I was like, I don't want to do it, Dad. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. And then that's when he turned around and said to me, like, okay. He was like, listen, I'm sat with you now on the phone, and I've got a meeting in fifteen minutes, and I'm dreading it. Like, if you don't want to do this, don't do it. Like you're twenty five years old, don't do it. Mm-hmm. You've got so much time. To like find something else so then yeah I just was like right nope that's not the one 
it's really not. So then I kind of like, at this point, um, I've been going through my like spiritual self-development as well. So I feel, I feel like that helped. Like I feel like yes. because I've been kind of focusing on me and like the messages and being aware of like my feelings, mm-hmm. when that kind of feeling came up, I spent some time on it instead of just being like, oh, well, everyone feels like this, you know, it's scary. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that kind of fear of like failure. It was that fear of, oh my God, no, this can't be my life. Like... It wasn't about like, okay, I'll try harder. It was just like pure no. Everything mm-hmm. inside me was screaming no. Um, so I looked online and it was like, you can defer it or you can cancel. So I deferred it for a year because I thought, well, it's still there. Like yeah. I can always do it as a safety net, but I've deferred it, which was such an experience to like, yes, like no, I'm not doing yes. it. Yeah. Yeah, so I realised that. And then it was then that I kind of, I don't know, like I didn't really do anything in order to find my passion. I just kind of looked a little bit and I was just on Instagram. And then one day I came across a profile, which is the head girl that does this network marketing with the Kangen. And I was like, you have the life that like I need. Mm. Like This is what I vision. You know, like when you think about... And then I found loads of other pages and then I just was like, right. And I'd been speaking to a few people about network marketing for years. Like one girl four years ago was asking me about it. And then I got asked about the doTERRA uh, essential oils. And I was like, I could get behind this because it's health and wellness, but still not feeling cool about it. And then when I found the Kangen, I was like, everything inside of me was like the opposite of the teaching thing. It was like, yes, yes. And then it was like, okay, you've got to make a five grand investment. And I was like... I didn't want to make an $80 a month investment for the doTERRA oils, but I was like, yeah, right, apply for the credit card, got it, doing mm-hmm. it. Like, and you know when that is just no question that it's right for you. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, some people are like, what? No. You know, and I've had people say to me, like, five grand, are you, you could go traveling for a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but if I invest and this works, I could travel forever. Right, you know? right. Um, so, yeah, I just thought, you know what, this is the time that I feel good about something and I'm just going to jump in. I mean, five grand, yeah, it's a lot of money, but I can make that back, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. If it fails, it fails. And I've learned, but I needed to do it because if I'd have been sat there after doing my PGC and thinking, what if I would have just gone into a hole? All of that is so important. Like, yeah. Listening to your body, like literally uh, the yeah. physical reactions. Yeah. And because I had the same thing, like I was offered to be at VP level mm-hmm. in three years. Yeah. And I yeah, just, I yeah. And I just got that kind of offer and I was like, Ooh, this and that should feels, be so like right, uplifting. Like, oh like, my god, uh, you can make so much money and you can move up the ranks so quickly. And I just, I looked at the people who were up there already, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't want your life. Yeah. Nope. No. And and then I started finding, yeah, other people's lives out there mm-hmm. that I do want. And of course, yeah, it was also like getting ready to come out here. All the things I had to do and buy and everything, it was also like came out to around five grand. Yeah, yeah. But it was no problem. It's like, yeah, I know, I know putting the money into this will benefit me in the long run. Yeah. And my happiness is so much more important. Yeah. What was the timeline for you from the point where you realized, ooh, this is not my career to now? Can you remember? Oh, I would say, like, pretty much the whole time. Like, I knew that teaching was just a money thing at the beginning, and then mm-hmm. I started to like it, and then I got the international school job where I was teaching the same kids for a year, which was beautiful because I have that satisfaction of knowing I've taught them to count to 20, and, like, you know... 
and that again is another um, value of my like vision because in my jobs if I don't have that satisfaction I don't have any motivation whereas it's the same with network marketing like a lot of people see it like okay you're just scamming people and you're just taking their money and then you get the commission but the way that the community I'm in does it, we're all very like-minded and spiritual. Mm -hmm. So our approach is with getting people on with a product that is not a bad product, you know, like it's a healthy product, it protects the world, you know, but also it gives people freedom. You know, if you put the work in and you work online and you sell this product that is not harming anyone, you know, mm -hmm. it's a medical device, it's going to change the world in terms of the water we drink. And also it's going to give you freedom to practice your spirituality to travel the world to do everything you want to do mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um and it was amazing so yeah I guess when I realized with the career thing it was like I got that satisfaction from teaching but I didn't feel uplifted like I was looking at people around me mostly like we were doing the Christmas concert and things and they're all like really really pumped mm -hmm. to get it done you're like oh we're hanging the stars we're doing this and I'm just like or I was zoning out and wanting to like check my phone and check my Instagram and I was somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Like I was genuinely just somewhere else and I knew that like people were getting a little bit annoyed with me and I don't want that, you know. I knew that I was in that other career before I'd even started it. So that's when I kind of realised but I guess it was majorly, I mean it's been my whole life, but majorly the past four months. Yeah, I had a similar realisation too where we were in in a client meeting and everyone was going around the table saying, why are they passionate about <laughs> this work they're doing? And honestly, in my mind, I thought that everyone was just saying something to please the client like to like kind you of don't want to go look first good. It's like, oh. yeah to like look good in front of the client and I thought it was just this this game that yeah, we were sure. playing kind of like oh you know we just have to like kiss ass to the client sure. talk about yeah we're so passionate <laughs> even though it's all bullshit but then I realized no I'm the only bullshitter here yeah. all these bullshit myself yeah all these people at the table actually do feel these feelings yeah and I was like, oh, wow. I yeah. I don't want to fake it for the rest yeah. of my life. I that would have been like a movie moment if you'd have just yeah. stood up and been like, well, I'm not passionate. <laughs> fuck you all. Fuck you. Fuck your coffee. Like, <laughs> and then just left. That would have been Slam fabulous. Like yeah. such an uplifting moment. Yeah. Yes, yes. I have thought about that before. Like, yeah. Like a moment where I just like, quit. Like, yes. Sorry, I cannot. That's it. Like, goodbye. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, but instead I just quietly suffered for another like, few months. I and love this job. Yeah, it's great. Like, smack a fake smile on my yeah. face. It's interesting to realize that just because you're not happy, it doesn't mean that that job's not great for someone else. Yeah. Like, I, I know there are people at my old company who truly yeah. love what they do, and that is their passion, and I'm so happy for them. But at the time, for me, I was like are you really into this? Like, no. I thought they were just faking it like I was. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, no, I'm no, the only faker me. here. And it's sad because so many people really don't, like, they don't feel passion for it, but they continue anyway because part of it's like fear of finding or not finding your passion. Yeah. But you just don't take those steps. And, like, I was looking at something the other night where it was like, the person, I can't remember the whole thing, but it's like the person who draws a line is more likely to draw... Um, a form. The person who draws a form is more likely to draw a picture. The person who draws the picture is more likely to finish. 
and then there's like a picture of somebody that's just stood in front of a blank space and it's like you know like you make little steps towards what you really want to do and even just starting is like so important mm-hmm. even if you start and then you give up for six months like you you've planted that seed and like you just got to nourish it instead of just being like okay well this pays I'm just going to stay in this and then you your whole life is gone and mm-hmm. you're miserable. Yeah, it's it's really scary when you when you look so far into the future like your goal. It's like, yeah, this is the life I want. This is the life I want to create and you're like, wow, I have so far to go yeah, from here and to there. Yeah, so many but people. It yeah. scares me all the time. Oh, yeah. Same. Still, I'm like, huh, you know. Yeah. But once you start just taking those little teeny tiny steps, yeah. yeah. And what's more scary is the thought of, like, staying in something that's not fulfilling you. Yes. Like, that terrifies me. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. yeah, so you just got to go for it. And something we were talking about before is making decisions based on love and not based on fear. Yes. And, uh, you know, not choosing to stay in a job because you're afraid of what would happen if you mm-hmm. walked away or yeah. the fear of not having that stable income yeah. rather than choosing what you know you love and what you yeah. want to do and the universe is so kind like once you start making those choices it just everything just comes to you yeah, for sure so we've talked a lot about how your your own work your spiritual journey has helped you along this whole career path journey yeah. like I really I don't think if you hadn't done that work this wouldn't be happening. You yeah, wouldn't sure. you wouldn't have been able to hear your body and mm-hmm. what it's saying. You wouldn't know how to trust your gut instinct. It's all mindset. You wouldn't you wouldn't have attracted your amazing boyfriend, all these things. Yeah. So I feel often we can talk pretty high level on Instagram about like, yeah, push yourself out of your comfort zone and like, you know, ignore Behind your fears. The all these the like <laughs> Yeah, it's like all of these cliche things and they're cliches because they're true but for someone who hasn't been on that journey yet to them it just looks like oh that is just so cliche like what is she even saying so what kinds of things have you done along your spiritual journey so it all started two years ago yeah so when I came to Vietnam that July um I did a vipassana So that's like a 10 day meditation retreat. And like with me, I have to have results. I'm quite impatient. So I wanted to practice meditation. So I threw myself into a 10 day intense vipassana where you can't talk, you can't have your phone. Like you cannot do anything other than meditate for like 11 hours a day. And that was hard work. Like it was Mm. really hard, but I knew that I needed to work on myself. And I've always been drawn to meditation, I didn't know how, why, like, even if you ask me right now, like, what made you start meditating, what made you become spiritual, I don't know, mm-hmm. I guess the universe just told me, and that might sound like quite woo-woo, but yeah. <laughs> I am quite woo-woo, like, but it just did, and mm-hmm. one day, I remember coming across a blog about a vipassana, and again, I don't know how I found the blog, and it's about some guy that did it, and I was like, yo, I gotta do this. So that was mainly one of the points I went traveling. So I booked flights to Jakarta in Indonesia, went there for 10 days. It was fucking hard, but amazing. And I really uprooted some things. And the thing is, when it finished, I think I had expectations of it, and I didn't really feel any different when when it finished. Mm -hmm. I felt peaceful, um, but I didn't feel anything until a few months later. 
when I started to just really appreciate the things around me and like my thoughts I was aware of my thoughts a lot more I started to argue with myself in my head it was like there was two people in me Mm -hmm. like I'd think something and then I'd correct myself like no you shouldn't be thinking like that like don't, don't think like that you know um so it started then I didn't meditate after that at all um I was quite I put myself down about that but I guess now I just wasn't ready mm-hmm. um I did the whole like oh I should I should meditate like I should. but there was something going on and then it's in the past six months where I just kind of like decided I've got some books like I started to read the books that I'd picked up and put down and what is crazy is when you're on this kind of journey is my mum bought me a book two years ago raise your vibration it's called I would pick it up, I picked it up maybe five times and been like, yeah, no. Mm. And then I picked it up last week and I was like, yes. Mm. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm ready yeah. to read it now. Yes. Um, and that's another thing, like, don't close the door on things, you know. Just because meditation isn't working for you right now, don't close the door on it because it will. Like, something told you to do it, mm. you're just not ready for it yet. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, and then when I decided about, like, the whole... Um, job thing I kind of found this community and it wasn't the product it wasn't the network marketing first I found the people Mm. these people were like putting so much love into the world like they had this the approach and I was like wow like these people are on the internet but I found people that align with me so much like and only like since then I've attracted so many more people like you for example that Mm. just get it you know Mm. like I was so scared of telling people I was network marketing and then the people that I've connected with, they're like, yeah, you go, girl, instead of being like, I was terrified of people, ugh, like, what are you doing? Like, ugh, no, yeah. like, you know, like, throwing my passion, like, back at me. Mm-hmm. And um, I started to meditate, and now I meditate every single day. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel bad if I don't meditate. I bought crystals that I've been obsessed with. I only realized I was obsessed with them from being a kid when I had a memory once I bought my first crystal again. I was like, God, I remember now being sat in a room, like, I'm buying crystal making kits. My mum was like, yeah, you used to be obsessed with these things. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, the universe has always been telling me. Yes. It's just, I was, now I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And it felt like this fire had been lit under my ass. But it's not always been like, I've been completely with it. It's been trickles of it. Like, yeah. For two years, it's been on, off, no, yes. Like, don't feel this. This is too weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, but I've always been drawn to it and interested in people doing it. And then now I've kind of like, because there's a lot of books I've read as well. Can you share with us some of those books that you've read? Yeah, so the main one, well, I'm reading it, I'm about halfway through it, is Peter Kelly, The Earth is Hiring. And like the book itself is so cool. Like you look at the cover, it's like loads of doodles and stuff. Uh, She's an Australian chick and um, she basically talks in the sense of like the millennial approach. So she's like, we're done with kind of the nine to five. We're starting to kind of break away from, like, we don't have to do this kind of approach. Um, We don't have to work our lives away. Like, we want to find more. We care about the earth and, like, how businesses are going to turn into, like, more sustainable, conscious things. And she talks about how kids are, like, so important because they've got that, like, there's no filter on them. And she just, her approach to everything um, is positive and grateful and she like talks about the universe as being like kind of like your higher kind of like best friend and how like if you align with it like it's gonna bring you so much and just not to kind of um hold on to outcomes just to 
you know, let it be, and if you want something, envision it, you know, like, and she says, like, it's not even that hard, like, and a lot of people will probably listen to me and be like, yo, you can't just, like, decide you want, like, a millionaire mansion, and then you're gonna get it, but honestly, like, if you put that intention out there, and you don't hold on to, like, okay, I want a Ferrari, but you don't hold on to it being a Ferrari, or, like, I'm gonna win a lottery and get a Ferrari, if you don't hold on to, like, an outcome, like, for me, I've been kind of like, right, I'm going to become financially abundant. Like, I'm going to do this. And I've not held on to the outcome of, like, who I'm going to make sales with or what. And I've found ways. Like, ways present themselves. And, like, that's what she kind of preaches, that you just got to, like, trust in the process. Keep yourself, like, mindfully healthy. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so enlightening. And the thing is, like, she relates a lot to you. So she talks about, like, 90s kids and, like, our Tamagotchis and things. And, like, how we, we like how we said before, that like, we appreciate the internet for it, what it is, but we appreciate the earth as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, this conscious kind of shift. And she says, like, even the next generation will look at us and be like, yo, what were they doing? <laughs> You know, everything's always shifting and it's, it's amazing. And then the second one is, um, but there's two books, You Are a Badass and then You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jensen Ciro. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would definitely recommend the audiobooks because they both narrate them themselves so you can feel them. You know, like when, I don't know, like I love reading books, but I prefer to read stories. Mm-hmm. If it's an audiobook, it's about somebody, I prefer to hear them. Um, Jensen Ciro just talks about how like, You've got to believe in yourself. It's the same kind of thing, but the money one is amazing because I've had a mindset towards money that kind of like money's not there for me. It's against me. So it's like, God, I'm always so broke. You know, I'm always like thinking about like dreading looking at my bank balance, things like that. And then once you kind of shift that mindset of like money is there for me, mm-hmm. you know, what does it allow me to do instead of like what's it taken away from me? you will feel that like money comes to you so much like easier and that you don't hold on to the outcome again of like how it's coming it just will you know um and she kind of talks like you you when I first started listening to it I was like what like money is not my best friend and then you know she's like write a letter to money you know but we we've always been brought up like oh live paycheck to paycheck you know oh, I'm broke, like, oh, I can't afford this, I'm doing it. Well, of course, if you're living in that mindset of lack, Mm -hmm. you're attracting more lack. Mm -hmm. But if you live in the mindset that, okay, like, I've not got a lot right now, but it's coming, it will. Mm -hmm. Like, it totally will. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's really It's almost cool these days to, like, like all the memes out there that kind of make jokes about being broke, and especially for millennials, and it's kind of cool to talk about how you have no money in your bank yeah, account. Yeah, I know, and it's like traveling and broke, but I'm traveling, and it's like, right. no, and then she also says, this stuck with me a lot, like, if people like hippies and people who really wanted to do different in the world had this mindset about money, that money is good, because everybody's like, money is the root of all evil. Well, yeah. it's not, because if, for example, I had a shit ton of money, I would put it to good use. Mm-hmm. I would give it to people who need it, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, those people that have money sometimes aren't the best people that should have it. Mm -hmm. And if people with the mindset, like, that money can do good things and it can actually change the world instead of it's the root of all evil, if we switch that, um, 
we can do so much more, you know? Mm -hmm. And she kind of, like, tries to put that into the world. Like, we don't have to feel that way about money anymore. If money was such a negative thing, the universe wouldn't have let us create it. So, yeah, it really shifts your mindset. And a lot of people that I take on with network marketing, sometimes they're just not ready. I mean, I wasn't a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, I would have been like, yo, I can't afford this. But I say to a lot of them, like, okay, maybe you're not ready right now. Read these books, and I promise you, Give it six months, and once you've switched your mindset, you'll be ready, mm -hmm. you know? And if you really want this, then you'll know. Yeah, so it's it's a lot about mindset, and, like, yeah. they're really good tools. And taking your time to be ready, like yeah. we've been talking about this whole time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to talk about the flip side of it. So what, what kind of struggles have you had in terms of feeling comfortable asking for money for people? Because we were talking before. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, my thing is like approaching people so obviously it's sales so it's hard for me to kind of and also even with my profile i've been doing a lot more of me on there so kind of raw stuff you know like how i've been feeling and i've put that out there and and um yeah it's it's hard it's really scary because even when i started to um like promote this business i was terrified and in my head my ego and I know it's my ego it's not me is saying to me oh you're gonna get so many messages from people being like you're a scammer this is a pyramid this is and it was just my fears coming out it's nobody else's fault that mm -hmm. was me mm -hmm. like, that's my ego trying to make me scared so that I will not do it mm -hmm. and it's the same as like going on video you know don't go on video people are gonna laugh at you like people are gonna be like what is this chick doing and then it's like my other side of me is going well you find people really inspiring when they go on video so why would people not find you inspiring mm. and then you do it and you get this response and it's a beautiful response 90 percent of the time and you're only going to get people who are negative are people that just haven't accomplished that mindset yet and you've just got to come back at those people with love mm. like you know you just give them tools. I mean, I've had people like, you're so funny, like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, you should check out this book, like, sending a lot of love to you, you know? Like, that's all you have to do instead of, like, letting them crush your yeah, approach. Yeah, that's but beautiful. It's really hard. It is hard, mm. and I still have arguments. Actually, I have arguments with myself every single day. Like, I'll do something, and then I'm like, huh? you know, like, how do I do this? Like, yeah. I said to you, one girl... She posted a picture of a skin condition and then she posted something that related to our business. And I thought to myself, like, I can't approach this chick. Like, I don't want to use her skin condition as a way for me to get money. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what I stand for. But then the other side of it was, well, you're doing this to help people. Right. So if you can't approach a chick that obviously physically needs help and you mm -hmm. know this product works, else you wouldn't be selling it, you know, you wouldn't stand behind it message her and I like it took me about 20 minutes I was going back on a story like yeah, yeah. and then I messaged her and she replied straight away like yes I want to do this and I was like whoa mm. and she was like this is fate and I was like yeah like wow the universe brought me to you and she had the same mindset and she was just so ready and I was like whoa this is like the girl I also want on my team and yeah, like, and it's just pushing yourself out of that zone and you get rewarded so, I mean sometimes it doesn't work you know sometimes it's like no you've not 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 yet you know time's not right and it's instead of thinking like oh my god no this isn't it it's just not yet you know yep. not yet mm -hmm. um but then when you do actually push yourself out there and you get that reward it's like 
oh my god like I was dancing around my kitchen like oh, oh my god you know <laughs> and my boyfriend's like psychopath what's wrong with you like I'm just so proud of myself yes and it's like whoa like I've never said that before and like yeah. there's so much like love for me mm-hmm. and I've never loved myself like that before mm-hmm. so it's really cool yeah. amazing but it is hard like yeah it's not a lot of people see it like oh she's so good at shit together like you go on my Instagram of course like people show the best parts right it's quite sad like and I would like to show a lot more of kind of the raw moments but I also don't feel that I'll be getting on camera and crying anymore, so, you know? <laughs> yeah some people do and I feel it's really uplifting but it's just not something I align with um, yeah but yeah I show things of myself that are good and I, like the pictures I post but I also try and like let people know that they can connect with me because mm-hmm. you know I'm raw as well and I feel and I cry and I hurt and it's not easy every single day like even this morning I meditated and I had anxiety and I don't even know why mm-hmm. and I had to stop and but instead of being like oh my god I have anxiety poor me I was like okay today is just one of those days where I feel anxiety mm-hmm. and tomorrow I won't and mm-hmm. everything is temporary mm-hmm. and that's exactly how you feel and then it's gone so I found a gratitude journal so I write in this journal every day well most days again I'm only human so sometimes you forget you know yep. and again it's like oh I'll, like some people buy these and they feel like they have to commit and they've like sinned if they haven't you know mm-hmm. but it's just it's just one of those things like you've made that commitment and that's a step too and uh, I write in that like just anything I'm grateful for so it could be anything like I've connected with Dana today I've eaten vegetarian again today Mm -hmm. and I've had a healthy breakfast I had time to anything like anything at all the grass is green the sky is blue Mm -hmm. Um, but it just brings you into that kind of mentality of positivity you know you develop way more positive thinking if you're grateful instead of you know I crashed my bike into this lady or she came into me and instead of being like, oh, fuck you, I was like, I wish you well. Mm -hmm. And the feeling you get from that, instead of being like so negative and letting it ruin your day, Mm -hmm. is so much more powerful. And it's just, it's a good tool to kind of like keep that commitment towards it. So it's like day one was listen, day two. um, Get in nature. Nature, yeah. yeah. Three, today's body. So it's early days, um, but yeah, it's really nice um, because also I will do it and then I'll show what I'm doing. So instead of being like, yeah, do this, and then mm-hmm. there's like no proof I've done it myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it's really nice. And for me as well, like it's good for me to do. Um, but I have had some messages like, this is really cool, you know. And I think a lot of people watch from the shadows because they're a little bit too... They don't want to kind of come forward with it mm-hmm. yet. Um, and they're not ready. Yeah, like sure. Talking about. But again, it's just one of those things. Like, I've planted a seed probably in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. That they might not even follow it. But then they might come back to it because it's on my highlights. And then they might find it. And, you know, it might set them on their journey. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really cool. And it's a commitment for me because every morning I kind of, like, sit down and I do it. And then I do it for myself. Yeah, it's really good. Amazing. And you mentioned before you have a morning routine. Yeah. What what is your morning routine? So I wake up and I try. Again, I'm not, um, I'm only human. So I try not to go on my phone Mm -hmm. for the first like hour or until my morning ritual's over. I do try, but I do fail as well. You know, like sometimes I'm so excited that I've connected with somebody that I just want to go on that. And that's fine because something's telling me to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh so usually i wake up i get up i um go and i make a turmeric tea 
because that needs to cool down. So I have that and then I take my supplements. Um, I will meditate then while that's cooling down. Usually, I don't meditate for very long, usually mm -hmm. 10 minutes. Um, mm -hmm. It depends on the day, what I meditate about. Sometimes I meditate with my crystals. Sometimes I put like um, an affirmation meditation on. It just depends. Like today mm -hmm. I started the affirmation one and then my anxiety was just so bad that I just stopped and just meditated mm -hmm. and I just kind of meditated on my anxiety like okay mm -hmm. why are we feeling this like is there anything like I need to know about why and then I stopped and today like I made to eight minutes maybe but usually I meditate and then I will do some affirmations like I've wrote my affirmations on my mirror yeah. so those are my key ones what uh, are your affirmations so on my mirror I think at the moment I've got I'm abundant in all aspects of my life uh, money flows to me easily and then how can this get any better so Ooh. this is come from the Peter Kelly book okay. she said like you can ask the earth like how can this get any better and you say it with excitement and hope and like she said like the earth will kind of not always of course but it's a message into the universe of like come on then show me what you've got mm. and um and then i found that like basically I, the, when i started this this is crazy and again like it sounds so woo woo but when i started that i literally was like so pumped when i heard that and her say it and i was in such a cool like mind frame that that's when i connected with the girl with the skin condition that was uh. that day and i was like what how can this get any better? Okay, you just literally connected with a chick and she's told you she's on your team. Like, what? And, mm -hmm. and then it just sets off like a chain of positivity. Mm -hmm. So I've got those three at the moment. Perks of being a teacher, I've got a lot of those marker pens. Ah, uh, yes. Just, like, wipe them <laughs> but they change. But I do my affirmations and then usually, um, this is like the perfect morning routine if I do it. Uh, I'll write a page so mm -hmm. so whatever I'm feeling that morning just word vomit onto the paper and then I was doing my gratitude journal in the mornings but I feel it works a lot better for me at night because mm. you know what you've been grateful for that day yeah so I do that at night but then I'll drink my turmeric tea and then that's when I'll check my phone mm -hmm. um, and then yeah so it's just kind of like waking up kind of like doing some stuff for you mm -hmm. because the way I feel like you set your intention through the day and how you wake up like mm -hmm. if you wake up and check Instagram and then there's some negative things on there and then you're just like in a whole rage or yeah. you wake up and you kind of like don't do anything for yourself mm -hmm. and you're in a rush mm -hmm. you just have such negative intentions yeah. and then it can like set your whole day off on the wrong note mm -hmm. so yeah that's and there's and there's science behind that sure. I remember coming across like the the state that your brain is in when you first wake up uh-huh I, well, I it's a new slate every morning yeah yeah and if you bring in that toxicity and negativity first yeah. thing in the morning that is just how it's gonna be the rest of the day yeah and in your Instagram bio, sure. it says, create a life you want to be present for. I really, really love that. Good. So I wanted to ask you, what does that mean to you? Basically, like, you want to be in the moment, you know, like, you're not thinking about next week when you're going away for the weekend. You're not thinking about what you're going to have for lunch when it's 7 a.m. in the morning. You're just so happy with your situation that you don't need to think about anything else. You're just mm -hmm. now, you mm -hmm. know, and that took me a long time to be in the now I was one of those people that I would be with you right now and I'd be thinking about like how's my boyfriend text me or am I gonna be doing this or like what do I do when I get home whereas mm -hmm. now I'm with you mm -hmm. you know like I can put my phone down and I can just be present and um 
yeah, it's just about going on that path, like acknowledging that you want to start the path allows you to love your life that much and be that grateful for your life that you don't need to like rewind or go in the past or be in the future. You're just in the present. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's like really good. I've actually wrote that down in my notes because that's my next tattoo. Oh. I want to have that somewhere, yeah. Um, there's also in my profile, there is a voice that doesn't use words, listen, and that's your intuition. Mm -hmm. And I've got that on me. That's mm -hmm. on me. Um, but that's a big one for me too because I haven't followed my intuition a lot. And then now I've realized that like it's been screaming at me for so long. Mm -hmm. And when you do follow it or you get those moments where you're like, I should have just listened to myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Could have avoided all of this, but... Yeah, so those two things are, like, really, really high values in my life. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I think people can take away so much from this, like, that living more presently and learning how to get more in tune with your body and mm -hmm. your your gut instinct and your emotions so that you can hear the universe sure. when it's speaking to you because it is yeah. but like you whether you're spiritual or not mm -hmm. as well like always yeah. you don't mm -hmm. have to be into the law of attraction you don't have to be into spirituality mm -hmm. or any faith like you just gotta have faith in yourself and mm -hmm. your process that mm -hmm. is it it's just belief in your process you don't yes. have to be on a certain like okay well I'm not into crystals so I don't have to I don't mm -hmm. meditate you don't have to you just need to be aware yeah you know, and like trust your process That's yes it. yeah and knowing exactly that it is a process yeah it's not gonna happen in a day sure. and that you're not always going to be ready for mm -hmm. the message. And like you said, don't close the door on things. Yeah. I really like that. Try coming back to something. If it hasn't worked in the past, Definitely. you're always evolving. So maybe it'll work now. Yeah. Um, what were some other, like you've given us so many tools to think about using, uh, like the meditation, mm -hmm. journaling, uh, practicing gratitude is amazing. I want to jump into some rapid-fire questions okay. that I've been asking each person I've interviewed. So there's just two. The first one is, what do you think are the top three emotions that you experience in a week? Definitely gratitude. I wouldn't say negativity. I would say more of like a anxiety. So I get kind of ang anxious about like... Well, I feel like it's kind of my ego is trying to, like, put me down sometimes. So I kind of have that argument. So it's like the anxiousness comes up and it's kind of like an old anxiousness. I know that it's not me now, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like old trauma where it's like, hey, here you go. Like, don't forget about me. Right. You know? And then so I, I do still get that. I get that, like, quite frequently. But mm -hmm. now I know to kind of tell it to do one, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so positivity, anxiety. And then just belief, like, mm. yeah, I just believe that there's, I'm going to get there. Yeah, like, I have a lot of faith in myself now, whereas I did not at all before. I just thought, you know, I'm never going to be as good as anyone else. And now, like, I'm starting to really have belief in myself that, like, I'm going to do it because I'm not going to give up, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I'm, I'm going to commit to the process mm -hmm. of finding where I want to be. And I don't think I'll ever find that end goal of, like, where I want to be there's always going to be something else, but 
I'm, I believe in that whatever path I take is going to get me there. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad you brought up a negative emotion. Too, oh, for sure. Like, because it's I think it's so important for people to know as well that we don't have to be happy oh, and amazing no. all the time. Yeah, and like, that the negative emotions make us more human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I struggle with anxiety. Like, really, it was a lot worse in the past. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely. You've got to. And they're most, the most important because when they show up, You've got to listen more than when you're feeling positive mm-hmm. because something isn't aligning and you've got to decide what it is that's going to turn that around and that's where your work is. You know, it's easy to feel positive, but also that these feelings, they're all temporary. Even when you're positive, you know, yes. even when you're feeling amazing, it's temporary. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel bad. You're going to feel positive again after you feel bad. Mm-hmm. And, like, becoming aware that all of that, like, so you don't dwell on it and you don't hold on to it is so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely the most important thing. I agree. Awesome. And my next question is, what would be one physical possession that you have now you currently own that you hope to still have until the day you die oh wow physical yes some object (sighs) or something that you have well it would have been this is this is funny you've asked because I had a necklace that I've been wearing for three years now no more than that my nana, it's got three things on it. My nana gave me a St. Christopher, and she's died now, so it's very sentimental. Mm-hmm. It was a Labradorite um, gem, and I felt like that was my protector. And then a St. Christopher my mum gave me before I travelled, so it's like two St. Christophers, and it was gorgeous, loved it, and was really, always was on. And I went for a massage, and I took it off and left it in the locker, and it was stupid. Aww. My intuition yeah. was telling me, don't put that in the bottom of the locker, you idiot, put it in your bag. Mm. And I ignored it because she called me, went, left it there, of course it's gone. So I like was really sad about that, really sad, um, but it's gone, you know? And yeah. I realized, and I was, tr- I was on eBay, and I was trying to like replace every little bit of it, you know, trying to find the exact clone of it. Mm-hmm. And it was only yesterday that I let go and I just thought, I said to my sister, like, I'm going to go to Bali and I'm going to find a new one. I'm going to, it was time for Mm -hmm. me to let go of that and I'm going to find a new one. So I would have said like something like my crystal, I would have said my necklace, but we're physical beings. Mm -hmm. So I'd say myself. Oh. Yeah. I'd say myself Mm because anything you hold on to, like you create an attachment to it and I don't really want to create attachments to anything Mm. other than oh I'm attached to myself of course (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah I think so that's yeah. cool. No, that's like such a different perspective. I never would have expected. I would have never thought of that. Like that just, just came to me. Like literally, that just came to me because I was so sad about. I was like so. I was driving to the place and I was like, no, you have to find it. And then I thought, well. I'm all about non-material things and I'm mm. literally breaking my heart over this material thing mm. and like the the love is with me the memory of it's with me maybe mm. it was just time yeah you know like there's a story about a woman that held on to this like thought of this ring going missing for so long that it killed her mm-hmm. and it's like like the Titanic yeah for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no I just I let go of it and when I let go of it I felt so proud of myself you know and I thought I'm just gonna find a new one like it's fine you know mm-hmm. so yeah Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, so this has been amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening to the Creators in Saigon podcast. 
The music for the podcast was created by Lewis Wright, and the cover art was created by Priyanka Mehta, both creators in Saigon. Everything else is done by yours truly. I hope this discussion has inspired you to create and to learn more about who you are. If you or someone you know would be a good guest for the podcast, send me a direct message over on Instagram at creatorsinsaigon or email me at creatorsinsaigon at gmail.com. If you are a business owner with a product, service, workshop, event, anything you think this community would benefit from knowing about, I'd love to collaborate with you. So send me an email and let's see what we can make happen. I want to make this show better and better for you guys. So please, if you have any feedback or ideas for me, I'd love to hear them. I have some exciting ideas of my own and some incredible guests lined up for the future. So keep coming back for more. I also want as many people in Saigon to hear these messages as possible. So I need your help to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, share in your social media, and share it with your friends. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.